0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk.
1: Now yesterday on the programme we spoke to Erica uh, about the Leave Our Leave campaign and we had a, we'd a huge response actually to this on the programme so it's something I wanted to chat about uh, again today to other people. Mary is with us on the line. Mary, what's your experience?
0: Yeah, great thanks Andrea. Um, yeah, so I was basically diagnosed with breast cancer very early in pregnancy when I was nine weeks pregnant um, and it was my first Uh, baby and I went through a lot of treatment while I was pregnant but actually um, you know six weeks after I had my son Killian I still had a lot more treatment to do so I ended up having another three months of chemo after he was born and then I ended up having you know um, kind of a lot of surgeries I had to have like a double mastectomy Um, and kind of what your, your listeners would have already heard is that all of this treatment and everything that I had to kind of go through to try and get myself well, all really happened on my maternity leave. Um, and so that whole period of my of my life was really consumed with treatment, going to hospital, you know, staying in hospital and wasn't really about, you know, my time with Killian, bonding with Killian, looking after him. Um, and I suppose I really feel like I really denied something that was fundamentally so, so important to me and so, so important to mothers. Um, and that's really why we're trying to, kind of raise awareness of this Leave Our Leave campaign is because it's you know it's it's, it's a fundamental right that women who give birth and have their babies should have that time with them um, and unfortunately it's, it's been lost.
1: But aside from from the maternity leave uh, been lost Mary as you know as, as you describe it it's like if you hadn't have been pregnant you'd have been out on sick leave.
0: Yeah this is exactly the point is that you can't you know you can't once you have your baby, it's maternity leave. Even though you're still sick, even though it's sick leave, you can't continue on sick leave at that time. It's, it's just, it's just crazy that even though you are sick, it's immediately just moved into a maternity leave, um, kind of for six months, and the sick leave is just kind of, you know, it's not used then. Um, and I suppose that the thing that really kind of strikes this inequality is the fact that we now know that for paternity leave, you know, if a father is unwell. He then can take his sick leave and defer the paternity leave until he's better and then take the paternity leave and have that time with, with his, his child. So I suppose we don't really understand why, you know, women in Ireland aren't afforded that same right where if we're sick, can we not just take our sick leave? You know, we're not asking for anything extra. It's just, you know, can we take our sick leave and then when we're better have that maternity leave and have that time?
1: I think one of the points that struck a chord with listeners yesterday at the programme when they heard heard Erica's story. It's the fact that the situation is actually different for fathers.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it really does show how much of an inequality there is there. And, you know, it's just so unfair because what Erica probably spoke about and, and what other women in this situation would say is that you're in pure survival mode. You know, you're fighting, like, this biggest battle. Like, you're trying to get yourself well You know, I was diagnosed in pregnancy. So I was also trying to make sure that my baby was okay. And then at the other side of that, you know, you think I just want to have this time that I can just spend with my baby and, you know, go out for walks and go to like a baby sensory class. You know, and and these are things that are just so normal to people, but they're not normal for us. Like We didn't get to do any of those things. You know, we didn't get to do the baby sensory classes and go out for walks. We spent that time in hospital, you know.
1: How are you doing at the moment, Mary yourself?
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually I'm doing really, really well and you know, I actually went on to have a second baby um 2 years ago okay. and I mean that just it was incredible but that really struck a chord for me of what I really did miss because when with my first pregnancy I'd never had a baby before and I didn't really know what maternity was, maternity leave was. I mean, I certainly knew I was missing out. But when I had my second baby it was just completely different. You know, I could see all the time that I I lost out with Killian, you know, that I didn't get to do all of those things that I just just simple things, you know, just mm-hmm. and even just to to look after him the way I wanted to but I just couldn't.
1: It's it's the fact that I suppose, you know, even having gone through the pregnancy and given birth, um you you're obviously unwell at the time yourself too. You know, you're you're in recovery mode
0: hundred percent, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you're all of a sudden like you know. I had kind of finished chemo a few months, a few weeks beforehand. I just had a baby; it was my first baby. I was given six weeks to recover, and then I went back in to have chemo. Um, and she was like, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even know what was happening. You know, it was for anyone who has a baby, it's it's a whirlwind, you know, um, and you're so sick and. I think any new mother would kind of relate to this. Like there's so much mom guilt, you know, anyway, and just in general, you're wondering if you're doing everything right and am I a good mammy? And, you know, added to that is the fact that you're not really a present mammy. You know what I mean? Because you can't be because you're sick and you're in bed and other people are doing the feeds and other people are doing the changes, you know, and that just makes you feel really guilty. Um But you can't even say to yourself do you know what when I get well when I do all this treatment when I get well I'm going to have six months with my baby and that's going to be our time together. You don't even have that at the end. I think that's why it's just so cruel.
1: It's not the first time um, we've talked about this on the show. It was probably around this time last year I think when when the campaign was was first mooted Um, we heard a little bit about it. There's obviously been no change Mary in that time.
0: No, I know and I think that's why there's certainly a lot more almost hurt at the moment because last year I could kind of understand that this is such an extraordinary like circumstances that maybe it just wasn't nobody was really aware that there was sixty families a year that were going through this. Whereas now it's you know, it's three hundred and sixty five days later. And yeah, there was positive talks, but nothing has changed and you know, every week that goes by there's another woman who's going to be affected by this. And certainly I know from personal experience that that is definitely one woman too many. Like we can't delay this any longer. Like talking is just not good enough now. Like we know there's an issue. There's It's been a year. So I just think something has to change. I mean, we can't let this
1: continue the way it is.
0: It's just so unjust.
1: Are you confident something will change?
0: I hope so. I hope so. And to be honest, my confidence will be higher if I knew that, you know, like you said, there's a lot of people listening to this who know that it's wrong, you know, and if they really feel that this is so unjust, which it is, I would just kind of plead to them to contact their local TVs and tell them about the campaign and say, look, I've heard about this campaign and I think it needs action because the more people that get behind us, the greater the chances that there will actually be real change.
1: Mary, we'll leave it there for the moment. Listen, thank you for joining us in the programme today. Thanks a million. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. A little earlier we heard from Mary and yesterday, Erica. This is about the Leave Our Leave campaign and it was launched by the Irish Cancer Society to effectively highlight the plight of women who are diagnosed with cancer during pregnancy. Um, whether it's during their pregnancy leave or during uh, during their actual initial pregnancy term, and we've heard various stories. There's a lot of people have been getting in touch with us about this. Emma is with us on the line today. Emma, what's your experience?
2: I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma when I was twenty weeks pregnant with my son Rory, who's two now. Um. So yeah, it it's um. I actually felt fine, like just normal pregnancy kind of symptoms, mm. but. Um, my mum had spotted a lump in my neck and so the day after my 20-week scan I went in for surgery to have that removed and then a couple of days later um, we found out what it was.
1: Tell us a little bit about the what it was like getting that diagnosis at 20 Weeks Pregnant.
2: Um, it felt very lonely, I would say. Um, I couldn't really relate to Anybody else? I I didn't. I actually didn't think it's ever really happened. I hadn't heard of it happening to anybody. Um, so it was a very lonely place to be. Um, you know, it felt it was extremely isolating. Like, kind of, you know, you right. I had a three year old as well at the time. So you know, you go out kind of to the park and stuff, and everyone's like, "Oh, you're expecting? That's so nice." And um, I just didn't know what to say to
1: to people. It's a lot to process.
2: A lot to process, and yeah. such a juxtaposition. Like, I kind of was like, "How am I growing this baby that's so healthy when I have all this other stuff going on?"
1: You so so. What happened in terms of um, surgery and and treatment then during the pregnancy?
2: So I, um, it was it was all a kind of a moving goalpost, I suppose. Um, at the start there was loads of different options kind of on the table um, I could you could have chemo while you're still pregnant um, and that worked successfully for some people I know that's what Mary did Um I had scans to see kind of what the spread was like and if we could hold off so it was decided we could hold off a couple of weeks so we would hold off till 29 weeks then I would have another scan um, and there was there was a bit of growth but not too much Um so we decided we could wait another few weeks um and then the finish line kind of moved again to 36 weeks um and it was decided then that um things were kind of escalating so Rory had to come at that point um and even though he was 36 weeks and um, he was just not ready exposed to to be born um so he spent um two weeks there in the special care unit in UCHD, so you know we kind of had a baby and NICU. You're in and out, kind of in the mornings and the evenings to there, and but also gearing up to start chemo,
1: um, the following week. So it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. How do you prepare yourself for that, Emma? Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> we yeah. kind
2: of. Like I said, we had a three-year-old at the time. We were, you know, you're busy with her. There was a lot of waiting around in those couple weeks before he arrived. So I actually went back to work for a couple of weeks. Um, I don't know. We just kept ourselves busy. We went on a nice little family holiday. Um, and, and at the time, you know, you have no expectation of, of what it's actually going to be like until you start the chemo. So, you know... We just didn't really know what to do. I suppose a lot of the time we were in denial.
1: If you that if you knew knew what knew then what you know now it's it's amazing yeah, how you can
2: absolutely. Yeah. I suppose why we kind of that's why I wanted to do this. Like it's not easy for myself and Erica and Mary to tap back into this. No. You know, we've we've very much moved on. Like life is very normal in this house. Again, I have a two-year-old and an almost five-year-old and it's absolutely mad, you know. Yeah. Um, and if I could go back and tell myself, you know, everything's going to be okay, um, th- like, that would just be such a comfort. So I suppose that's why and if I got involved in this campaign.
1: the Talk to us about, I suppose, that time. I mean, you've got your own, you know, you're, you're dealing with your own treatment, you um, Rory's obviously in the in, in the NICU and comes out and you come home and then how far into your maternity leave are you at that stage Emma?
2: Um, so your maternity leave starts two weeks before your delivery date and I had a delivery date like we knew Rory was coming at 36 weeks so I gave that to my employer you know your two weeks starts before so I was on a two week cycle of chemo for six months so my last chemo session was two days um, after my maternity leave actually ended. So that was the whole chunk of time kicking off, you know, being in and out of hospital um, for, for various things. And then um, like the week after I would get chemo, I, I would just be shattered, you know, I was kind of bed bound for that full Week and then as it went on, it would kind of get longer, It'd maybe be 10 days kind of, um, you know, recovering from it just to go back in again. It was kind of a, it was a vicious enough cycle, so mm. all of my energy went into. Like trying to get up out of the bed to be ready to read a story to Grace in the evening times or, you know, just do something for Rory, you know, so I wasn't actually, you know, the maternity leave and the, the logistics of it didn't really occur to me that much at the time. only afterwards when I had the energy to look back that I kind of realised how and just it is.
1: I think the bit that really has struck people in, in the last two days since we've been talking about this is the fact that the situation actually is different for the dads and all of this.
2: Yeah, Uh, and that's really hard to take, actually. You know, last year at the launch of the campaign, I went up to Dublin and I I was only like maybe three or four months um, post-treatment, still very raw, still trying to get my head around what had actually Mm. happened. And you know, we met with the Irish Cancer Society and myself and Erica and Mary met and it was very much like, oh, this is an oversight. We'll get it fixed. We felt so confident, you know, something would happen. And actually to go back up yesterday, I, I, I feel really deflated today, I must say. Really? It just felt like there was a lot of talk last year about, you know, how unjust it was and it should change. And it was the same yesterday, but it's hard not to see any real action happen in the last year.
1: Because I, I asked the question to Erica yesterday, was it just simply an oversight? Yeah. But it was I raised last year. Yes, I would
2: say. Yeah. Um, originally, yes. Um, and definitely not a malicious thing. It was that, you know, the Paternity Act is a lot more modern. Um, and that's kind of what we were hearing yesterday again. Um, but in terms of next steps, I know there was some amazing people there kinda of pushing it forward. Avril Power is just I'm in awe um of her. Um so I suppose it's just actually getting a bit of action, like what you know, mm-hmm. it's not up to say Avril or myself or Erica to figure out how this is gonna be done. Um so that's their job. So you just hope you know, they have a plan for the next steps and that it's not going to take so long. I was speaking to a woman this morning that is two weeks into her treatment. You know, there's a ticking timeline here and it's really unfair.
1: Are you confident it'll change or will we be talking again next year?
2: (laughs) I'm confident it will change. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. I mean, it's it's an issue of inequality now. Um, So it will definitely change, but it's when that happens. So, you know, I suppose our aim is just to keep the pressure on. You know, myself and Erica and Mary and April are not going to stop talking about it. Um, I'd say everyone would be sick of hearing uh, from us. But, you know, we have amazing support from all of our family and friends. And the more people hear about it, the more outraged they are. I haven't spoken to one person who's been like, oh, you know, everyone feels really passionately about it. And is shocked, like you, you. sounded so shocked. Uh speaking to Erica yesterday, I was kind of laughing away to myself in the car. You, you, sounded like outraged. Um, so I suppose it's the more people hear about it, um, and the more pressure they put yeah. on, the better.
1: Well, uh, I Emma, mean, I suppose we'll have to wait and see if there is any further update, um, to this. But look, I, I, I wish you well. You're, you're keeping well. At the moment, though. Keep it great, yeah, though. Good, yeah, good, good. Yeah. I'm glad oh, to good. hear it. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, Emma. Thank you for for joining us uh, on the program today. Absolutely no problem at all. Thanks so much, Andrea.
0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan, weekdays at midday on News Talk.